0: Hey, it's Zach Clark. Before we hit today's episode, I wanted to remind y'all that for October, the Daily J will become the spooky J for multiple episodes, highlighting Michigan's coolest haunts and legends. Our first episode is already up. It's about the Orson Star House in Royal Oak. Today's episode is one of our favorites from last year, highlighting one of Detroit's most popular restaurants and most haunted attractions, the Whitney Mansion. Subscribe to The Daily J wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Enjoy the show. Is Detroit home to the most haunted restaurant in America?
1: The bartender goes to her, maybe you saw a ghost. This lady is screaming. This isn't funny. You guys sneaking people around through hidden doors trying to scare your guests.
0: The Whitney Mansion is filled with food, drink, and some of the original residents who just won't leave. This is the Spooky J. I'm Zach Clark. The Whitney Mansion is an epicenter of history and culture in Detroit. The 22,000 square foot mansion is now home to a restaurant, bar and garden that hosts everything from dinner to high tea to weddings. But the Whitney family, who had the house built in the late 1800s, they also seem to hang around quite a bit. My co-worker Annie Scaramazzino and I went to the Whitney to get a spine-tingling tour from General Manager Tony Muzzy. We also spoke to Nicole Beauchamp, the author of Haunted Detroit, a book that has the Whitney on the cover. The Whitney is really old and it's gorgeous. The ornate detail is is breathtaking, but it's also kind of creepy, and that starts even before you get in the door. There's already eyeballs on you.
1: So as you enter the Whitney, the little stone-carving face in the mortar there, someone's always watching you arrive. And if you come around here...
0: Oh, somebody's watching you go, too. There's
1: another face watching you go, yeah. So as you can see right here, looking right at the front door as well, there's another little face watching you leave.
0: And then we went into the study.
2: The study was home to David Whitney Jr.'s very robust and historic and rather expensive book collection. So it doesn't seem like he allowed people in there very often unless he wanted to show them that space. I don't know why he would want to lock someone in that room. And uh, most people don't seem to have an answer for that. The last
1: thing, though, that's really creepy about this room is if you come this way, you have the ability to lock people in the room. No key, like a reverse panic room. But right next to all your super expensive books. That doesn't make any sense.
0: I know that we'll get into some places that have had specific hauntings, but I got to tell you, of all the places where I felt weird, I felt the weirdest in the formal dining room, and I think it's got to be the painting.
2: Yeah, it was rather threatening. Back in the day, a lot of our homes had uh, borders. Oftentimes you'd see things like apples or butterflies, but in this case, it was some really kind of scary cherubs
1: This painting is original to the property, in a room where Mr. Whitney would entertain politicians, business partners, possible competitors. So it's a couple of cherubs. They are living close in harmony with smiles on both their faces. If you come here, they're showing off individual pieces of fruit. You continue here, they're laughing, chasing each other, obviously enjoying themselves. But if you come a little bit further, there is a character that's added to the equation, a child in a red cape. And you can see that he is oratoring a story to the other child. If you fast forward to right here, you will see that one child in the red cape is actually stealing a fruit basket, while the other two children are distracted picking fruit. And if you come here and you look above the fireplace, I'll let you speak for us here, my friend. Oh, I what see the gun. What is it you see? You see yeah, I see what a gun. What else you
0: see? Has the other one been shot? I can't tell if the other one's falling down. So
1: that is the one child shooting the other child in the back with a rifle. That painting was painted on the walls of the formal dining room. It obviously begs the question, why? And I think it's very obvious. It's him telling everyone, don't steal from my fruit basket.
0: The thing with the Whitney is, it feels creepy because it doesn't ever really feel like you are alone.
2: We've heard some stories now, Zach. We've seen some stuff. We've been some places for this project. The Whitney definitely gave me the creepiest vibes (laughs) as far as feeling like there was something otherworldly around us, like there could have been the presence of something spiritual around us. David Whitney Jr., his first wife, Flora. It's Sarah, his second wife,
3: who is Flora's sister. Grace Whitney, his daughter. Grace Whitney actually haunts the carriage house. But in addition to the, the Whitney family, the second floor guest dining room was actually used as a hospice Area. The Wayne County Medical Society moved into the home in 1917, and the Medical Society operated out of the home. And at that time, it was being used as a hospice for tuberculosis patients.
0: The most haunted spot is not in the house and it's really not even about a room per se it's about fine china
2: the carriage house it was the first place that tony wanted to take us in it i mean to say it sort of looked like the blair witch project in there i don't think i'm exaggerating
0: we are
1: in the carriage house you are looking at the infamous tea set there's a very long history about this tea set mr Winnie passed away in 1900 and at the time that he passed away his daughter grace was still in europe Her favorite thing to do was to sit here and to drink tea so Mr. Whitney would always leave a tea set up here ready to go for her in case that she would come home and he wasn't home, he was away on business or something like that so that she could always have tea. The story goes that upon his passing the tea set was cleaned up and then very strange things started happening in the house all that were related to China. Plates and glasses would be found broken, cupboards would be left open, the staff came to the conclusion that it was because the tea set was cleaned up because he would get infuriated any the tea was not left out for his daughter Grace. So they put it back. And upon putting it back, all of the random things that would happen in the cabinets in the house stopped. The home was given to the Wayne County Medical Society. And when they were cleaning up the property, they did just like anyone would do is clean up this tea set. And then they too started to find all kinds of weird things happening in the house. They then reached out to the former staff of the property and said, hey, did you have anything weird happening? And they said, hey, did you clean up that tea set in the carriage house? If so, put it back and the stuff will stop. And it has since stopped.
0: So, you know, Annie, Tony had a bazillion stories, as people like him do. But the most vivid story that he told was, I don't know how we put it, Annie, it was adjacent to him. He didn't see the ghost, but he encountered the woman that did
2: Tony comes into this story as any general manager of a restaurant would. There's an issue, and the issues are getting worse, and so, you know, they call the manager to come and smooth it over, and that's kind of where Tony enters the story.
1: A lady comes up here to the ghost bar. She orders a Cosmo, takes a couple sips of her drink. She then heads into the restroom for about a minute and a half. She then exits the restroom and orders a glass of water. She then re-enters the bathroom. She's in the bathroom for about 11 to 12 minutes, She then exits the restroom, sits down at her seat to enjoy her drink. The bartender is walking up and down, comes to her and says, are you enjoying everything? And she says to the bartender, everything is fantastic and your bathroom attendant is lovely. The bartender goes to her and says, you know, miss, I apologize. We don't employ a bathroom attendant. You must have been speaking to another guest. She looks at him and says, no, she had to have worked here. She was an elderly lady. And she knew so much about the history of the home that there's no way she didn't work here. So then the bartender looks at her and says, I don't know what to tell you, miss, but we do not employ a bathroom attendant. She then re-enters the restroom, comes immediately back out, goes to the bartender. Well, where did she go? The bartender goes to her, maybe you saw a ghost. Well said atheist woman, who does not believe in ghosts, takes this very, very offensively and gets into an altercation with the bartender to the point where I am called to intervene. So I come walking up the stairs and it's very obvious who the situation is with. Because this lady is screaming. And I kind of intervene. What seems to be the situation? And this is what she says to me, I'll never forget it. This isn't funny, you guys sneaking people around through hidden doors trying to scare your guests. This is what I said to her, because this is all I could come up with. Miss, why don't you come with me? I'm gonna take you to the office. We're gonna show you the security footage so that you can see this woman exiting while you're distracted doing something because I'm telling you this woman is a guest. So she's like, okay, let's go do it. We go down into the office and I run the tape and I run it over and over again. And I'm telling you, all you see, she comes in, she sits down, she orders a drink. She then goes into the restroom. She's in the restroom for about a minute and a half. She comes out, asks for a glass of water. She then returns to the restroom, exits the restroom, sits down to her drink. Bartender walks up and down, has a quick interaction with her. She then returns to the restroom, comes back out. They have a very heated conversation that you can see. I come walking up the stairs, me and her have a conversation, and between the time that she leaves the restroom the second time and me and her enter it together, you do not see a single person go in and out of the restroom. She then went running out the front door, crying hysterically. She's, to my knowledge, never stepped foot on the property again.
0: And even before they go down and look at the tape, he says he's in the other room, and he notices the glass of water. Remember, the woman had asked for a glass of water for who she thought was the bathroom attendant, because that person was coughing. So if you assume that that person, the attendant, was a ghost, the water would still be like mine is right here. It would be full. Right. But Annie, Tony said glass was empty
2: for a while that floor of the Whitney was used as a tuberculosis kind of ward so you know this coughing fit this woman was having whether or not that was related to that um, but either way they looked at that glass of water that the woman had gone to the the bar to order for this bathroom attendant she thought was having a coughing fit uh, and it sat there on the table and it was empty and according to the woman she did not drink it and so other than that there's really no explanation for that it's creepy
0: So, who is in the bathroom? Any in these episodes we've done before, we've been able to identify the spirits, whether it was in a theater on Mackinac Island, whether it was the colonel or his daughter walking through the two-way. The T-set identified, Grace Whitney. But with this one, there has been no consensus because nobody sees the same thing.
3: There has been reports of a creepy looking older lady, kind of a eerie, menacing type of figure, and then, in addition to that, the story I wrote about in the book, which is the one Tony told you, this individual looks just like you and I, you know, very normal, very regular, it's <laughs> basically not menacing at all, so I think it just does really vary based on who's encountering it, but there has been many, many reports all across the board of various different looks of this figure. That same bathroom also witnesses the ghost of Flora, who was Whitney's first wife. She's often seen like right when you walk in where that lounge is, she's often seen wailing, like crying hysterically. And they think it's because she's consumed by sorrow and death because she never got to live in this gorgeous house that was built for her and her sister actually kind of took her place. So yeah, that bathroom is just plagued with lots of paranormal activity. What were your takeaways,
2: I think that the overall vibe, you know, especially if we're comparing it to somewhere like the two-way that I got from the Whitney, is almost like a sense of possessiveness. If we're going to try to come up with reasons behind why ghosts might be haunting a place, it sort of feels like the Whitney's are haunting it because they're looking over it to make sure that nobody uh, screws it up, more or less. Like, you're not going to sit on a couch at the Whitney and just lounge around and watch TV. It's not that kind of a place.
0: It just dawned on me what it reminds me of. It is the Beast's Castle before the curse is lifted <laughs> not afterwards during
2: yeah bell didn't get in this one and, and kind of warm the no, place up no,
0: that's what i'm saying like remember bell walked into the library and she's like what the hell is this that's how i feel in every room in the whitney and again that's what's so odd about the whitney is that it's not creepy it's gorgeous
2: there's just something more there
0: today's big thanks go out to tony muzzy nicole beauchamp and of course annie Scaramazzino. Check out WWJnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want The Daily J delivered right to you? Well, all you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. Don't forget, we'll have spooky episodes of The Daily J all month long, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss one. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Spooky J.